Hello, everyone, and welcome to Building Brand You, the show where we help you to accelerate your success, getting you more clients, more revenue, more business, and more opportunities by unlocking your greatest asset, you. My name is Kim Hamer, and I'm an international business coach, speaker, and serial entrepreneur. This week, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about becoming irresistible. Last week, we actually talked about developing our star stories, our situation, task, action, result stories. You might be thinking that that's enough to make you irresistible. If you have a star story, then who could help but be drawn by your success and what you've achieved? But that's really only half of the equation. The other part of the equation is your audience. So this week, we're going to stand in the audience's shoes and think about what might make you irresistible to them. Now, your audience can take many, many different forms. If you're thinking about your business audiences, you might be thinking about your customers or your clients. If you're at the theatre, they're your patrons. They're the people who've come and paid to see your performance. Your audience might be your patient if you're in the health services. Your audience might be your students. Your audience may be your community. It may be your neighbour. It may be your co-worker. It may be your boss. In fact, your audience is anyone who listens to you. And if we're talking about how we show up to everybody and how we build our brand and who we are and our reputation with the people around us, then in fact, everyone is your audience. But they don't always want the same thing. And that can be quite tricky. So when we stand in the shoes of our audience, I'm going to give you four questions that you can ask yourself to help you frame your star story and your communication with them. So the first thing to think about when you're speaking to your audience, uh, your, your parent, your child, your doctor, your teacher, your co-worker, is to think about what is their pain? What are they frustrated about? What problem do they have that they would just love to solve? So that's question number one. Question number two is, well, what's the objective? What are they actually out to achieve right now? Question number three is, what are the implications of the pain or frustration for them continuing? Now, notice I said for them, not for you. So when we're thinking about question number three, what are the implications of that person's frustrations or problem continuing for them? And question number four is what are their bigger dreams and aspirations? What are they really about and what they what do they really want to achieve that might be bigger than the immediate objectives? I'm going to share a story with you about how this happened for me. So I had been uh, promoted into a fantastic new role. And in fact, the whole team was new. Our boss was new. We were all new. We were all from different parts of the company. And this was a brand new division and team that had been set up within this global manufacturing organization. 
So my boss and I were trying to establish a working relationship where she was bringing um, a lot more of her, her structured background and her operational background. And at the same time, I was trying to bring uh, the customer perspective, the marketing perspective and how to build great uh, communication on the various areas that, that we were working on, both with customers and internally. And we were both quite frustrated with this. While we got on well, it just didn't seem to be gelling. And we spent a lot of the time, I think, feeling like we were at cross purposes. So when I thought about what the frustration was and what, what the, that was for, for my boss, her frustration was that she came from a very complex and structured way of doing things. Uh, Six Sigma background, and there are lots of specific ways of addressing uh, thinking and pulling apart problems and working out solutions. Now, on top of that, she was what I call um, an, a very ABC thinker. And what I mean by that is she's a very linear thinker. Um, you start with A and then you move to B and then you move to C and then you move to D and then you get your solution. And you may think that, yes, well, everybody, everybody works like that. That's just the way to work. But my brain doesn't work like that. I am very nonlinear. I'm customer focused, which was very different. And I tend to take in lots and lots of different inputs and I throw them all in the bucket. Uh, and then I tip the bucket out and I lay it all out in front of me and say, okay, now what makes sense in terms of organizing all of this information that I have? So I'm a non-linear thinker and my boss was a linear thinker. So we were trying to make make this communication and, and make these solutions work, but we were we were really not getting a handle on, on what the other was saying. Then when I thought about the goal of this this particular boss I had, you know, it was a new team. Uh, she'd been um, promoted into this into this new role and this new team. And for her, she, she wanted to look good, don't we all, when we're given a new challenge like that? She wanted to rise to the occasion. She wanted to prove that she could do it and that she could step up and deliver the results. Now, when I thought about the implications of our frustrations with each other and her frustration continuing, I could just see that it would amount to um, conflict, uh, potentially even avoidance, not being completely open with each other about the things that didn't didn't work. And I could sense that in a really small team, that would become quite a toxic way of working. She needed to be able to trust her team. And if we didn't resolve this particular frustration, then, then, you know, that trust was not going to happen. And when I thought about her bigger dreams and aspirations, it wasn't just about looking good. Looking good was the thing of the moment. It was the, you know, the opportunity to step up and prove that she was worthy of this role. But actually what she was fired up by was making a difference, finding solutions in the company that would really take it forward and leaving that as her legacy in the business. The other thing for her was she was she was really proud of this team she'd created and, and that was an important piece for her. She wanted to continue to feel proud of her team, proud of her choice and, and proud of what she was going to deliver. When, I, when we think about those four questions... I actually sat down and talked about this different way of thinking and I used to take in a big sheet of A3 paper with all my pencil scribbles on it. If you think about a mind map a bit as the bucket 
of ideas that I had. So what I would do is I would take that in before I'd formatted it in its lovely, linear, beautiful format, and I would sit at the desk in front of her and say, I want to share this with you because this is the way I start to think. So what I did was actually shared with her how my thinking worked and invited her to be part of that first messy stage. Now, it took a few you know, times of doing that, but eventually that became a way of working for us. It became a habit for us. And it got to the point where you know, I, did, I no longer had to bring the pencil in for her as well. She'd come round to the side of the desk. We'd sit in front of the A3 scribbles together and draw all over it together and think about, was there anything missing? and how would we put this into a more structured and organised and convergent format. So think about your audience. Think about where they are. You have your story, but it doesn't necessarily land in the same way for everybody. So ask yourself, what are they frustrated about? What problem are they trying to solve? What, What objective do they have right here and now? What's the goal? What are the implications if the frustration continues? What's the implication of not solving that problem for them? And what are their bigger dreams and aspirations? What really fires them up? Why are they doing what they're doing? And what would look like success for them? So those four questions will help you unlock your audience. And when you develop those new ways of working and communicating with your audience, you will automatically become more irresistible to them because you're a person who solves their problem, who solves their pain and helps them harness the bigger opportunities that they want to achieve. This brings us to the end of episode 12 of Building Brand You, and it also brings us to the end of Building Brand You season one. Um, I have been uh, delighted to launch this Building Brand You series with you, and uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with season two, full of brand new tips, tricks, insights, and interviews with some of the best in the business. But in the meantime, look out for your top three building brand new episodes, the most watched, the most visited, the most liked, the most commented on. um, And I'll be sharing those on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. I really loved helping you on your building brand new journey this season. I look forward to seeing you in season two and sharing your top three next week. Thank you for listening to the Building Brand New podcast. I'm Kim Hamer, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and for all the latest news and tips, become a member of the brand new Building Brand New Facebook group. I help people to accelerate their success by unlocking their greatest asset. If you'd like to find out more, please book in for a free 20-minute coaching call at bit.ly forward slash bby chat. Accelerate your results by unlocking your greatest asset, you.